0: You're listening to Mile High Radio, milehighradio.com, on the World Wide Web, for your listening pleasure.
1: Thank you for being a friend.
2: Good morning. I am Deb Creer and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And with me today is a guest that I met only on LinkedIn. You know, I tell people this is a great way to meet people and people are still skeptical, but I met my guest that way, communicated with him that way. See, it works, people. So join me in welcoming Paul Slack. Paul, how are you doing today?
3: I'm doing great, Deb. Thank you so much for having me on your show, and uh, LinkedIn is a wonderful resource, isn't it?
2: It is, you know, and it's we won't go into a lot of detail about it today, so that might mean we need you to come back on. But, you know, it, it really is a good place for professionals to connect with other professionals when they're not looking for a job. You know, that tends to be still what people tell me is, I only use LinkedIn when I am looking for a job. Well, I'm not looking for a job, and I don't know about you, but we connected that way. So it, it definitely is a great professional tool.
3: Absolutely. Absolutely. In fact, we're, we've got this event coming up in the Dallas area not too, uh, not too far in the future, and mm-hmm. um, I've got my administrator actually going through LinkedIn and setting up meetings for me to meet with folks. So it's a, it's a great tool.
2: Great, great. Well, let me give a little bit of your background and then I'll have you talk about your company and then we will jump straight into talking about social media. So Paul joined a company called Splash Media and he has more than 20 years of direct marketing experience. He got his first taste of web marketing consulting in the 1990s as the internet began to make its presence felt in the business world. Those early days gave him a strong foundation in the search engine marketing and search engine optimization world. Paul built on that as the CEO of Webdex Media Group, a Dallas-based firm founded in 2000 that provided strategic planning, search engine marketing, web-based leads generation, online public relations, and customer acquisition. Since joining Splash Media, Paul has helped Splash become one of the fastest-growing, most experienced social media marketing firms in the country. So Paul, welcome, welcome, and go ahead and tell us a little bit more about Splash Media.
3: Well, you know, Splash Media is, um, and I think you did a great uh, segue in there, we're a social media uh, marketing enablement company. And and uh, we kind of got our start in helping businesses uh, leverage social media, especially in the early days. And there wasn't a lot of information or resources out there, but businesses wanted, especially the early adopters, wanted to get out there and um, start using social media as a marketing tool. And uh, since then, we've kind of morphed into something more than just an outsourced agency, but actually uh, we're here to equip, enable, and empower uh, businesses and individuals that want to leverage social media as a business either to, to grow their business or increase their awareness uh, online or even as individuals to help give them the, the resources and the skills that they need so that they can go into a business place and actually perform uh, social media marketing activities. And so whether you're a business or an individual, we're here to help uh, you just be as successful as you can be.
2: Great, you know, and I attended one of your seminars uh, a year or so ago when I still lived in Denver. So that was kind of how I initially came in contact with Splash Media. It was a great presentation, and my understanding is you travel throughout the country and give these these programs.
3: You know, in the early days, Deb, we did so mm-hmm. uh, from 2010 to uh, about middle of 2011. We went to um, 17 different cities mm-hmm. um, multiple times, many of them, and had over 25,000 people attend. Uh, our events and we were just evangelizing social media marketing and and providing some very rudimentary best practices uh... so that businesses that had an interest in learning more about social media and how to adopt it for their business could at least get that uh... initial knowledge that they needed to you know bet whether or not even they wanted to do social media for their for their organizations
2: Great. you know and and that's so important because buyer behavior has changed because of social media. So tell us how that has come about and what we need to do because of it.
3: You know, uh, really, it's interesting how buyer behavior has changed so much, um, really kind of starting with the advent of the Internet becoming a utility for us all, and then this uh, little company called Google making it so easy for us to find information. And now adding social media to all of that is what we've, created is really the, the most educated buyer of all time. Um, you know, before, and you, you can probably just think about this in your own uh, situation, Deb, probably before you make a purchase or anybody uh, listening today today's show, you know, before you go and make that purchase, in many cases, you're going to go online and start doing some research mm-hmm. um, to make an informed purchase decision. At the right. end of the day, we want our dollars to stretch as far as they possibly can and so we want to be informed buyers, and the internet has given us a great opportunity um, to become informed. You know, it seems like every time I go to the doctor, um, as soon as I walk in, I already I'm telling him what he needs to prescribe to me because I've already figured it all out on the internet. I'm just right. there for the prescription. And uh, so many so many individuals are that are are really using the web that way uh, today. In fact, did you know that 87% of buyers today, whether they're B2B or B2C buyers. Um, they're going to go to the web at some point during that decision-making process. So even if it's something as complicated as buying a new software uh, package for a business or something as fun as planning a vacation, we're going to use the web in that purchase Mm -hmm. decision. And statistically, buyers today are 57% through the buying process uh, before they ever talk to a salesperson. And this is really, really important for folks to understand if you want to leverage social media uh, marketing as a tool for your business is that, you know, in the old school traditional marketing way of finding and acquiring customers, uh, most of your model has been built around for centuries going after um, what I call the now buyer, you know, somebody that has a budget and they have a need and they're ready to take action. I mean, even if you think about commercials that we see on TV or the, the way that we interact with businesses today, they're very targeted towards this now buyer. But social media marketing has given us a great opportunity um, to connect with a much more valuable buyer, this buyer that I call the future buyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is somebody that's very early cycle in the process. Maybe they're just starting to plan their vacation for the summer or they're just – now getting frustrated with, you know, their accounting software package isn't getting the job done anymore. And they're going out there and they're starting to research because of the power that the web and social media has given them. And so when you think about social media, how does that play into their research? Well, they're going to YouTube and they're watching videos. Um, Mm -hmm. They're talking to their peers on LinkedIn or talking to their peers uh, on Facebook and they're they're soliciting advice. And so brands today, businesses today, have this opportunity to go find these future buyers. They're pretty easy to find because they're talking about something that would identify themselves as a potential customer uh, for your business. Mm-hmm. And now you can go out there and you can help them make these informed buying decisions. You can right. give them the information that they need so that they can decide whether or not your business is the right fit for them. And what happens as they go through that process, Deb, is – they begin to formulate beliefs on the best way to solve their problem or the best place to go on vacation or whatever the case may be. And if you've been there guiding them along the way, you're building wonderful rapport with them, and you're also kind of influencing them that your solution might be the right solution. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's so many more future buyers out there than there are now buyers, and so it's a great time to really start looking at social media.
2: Right, well, and you know the the thing about social media is you know a- as you mentioned, we research by talking to our friends there. you know It used to be you asked a couple of people at the office, you asked a couple of people at church, you know you went to your softball game, you asked a couple of people there. But now you have the ability to ask hundreds, if not thousands of people, you know, gee, who should I use for my wireless cell phone carrier? You know, what movie should I go see? Where's a great restaurant? And to me, that's where businesses really miss out is not having that presence on social media. Because, you know, if somebody says, Hey, I'm looking for a great restaurant in, you know, San Francisco because I've never been there. That's a perfect opportunity for somebody to jump in and and give that information.
3: Absolutely, and I'll give you a great example of of that. Uh, not too long ago, I was heading to uh, California, and I had uh, checked in on Foursquare at the airport um, mm-hmm. and said, "This is where I'm heading." Um, and, uh, and I published that out on Twitter and I published that out on Facebook and then I got on it the, and then the plane took off, you know, you can't be on the, on your phone while you're flying in the air. Mm-hmm. And then I arrived in California and I turned my phone on and I checked my messages and somebody had actually responded back to me saying that they had a VIP service in San Francisco and cool. if I needed a car, if I needed, of mm-hmm. course, uh, any type of concierge help, uh, that they were there uh, for me. And so they had been listening, this business had been mm-hmm. listening for people talking about coming to San Francisco, mm-hmm. and they jumped on that opportunity to assist me.
2: Right. You know, I had that happen when we were traveling to Italy several years ago. I wasn't sure what tour of the Vatican we wanted to take. And it was funny. I got responses ranging from, you know, gee, this was a great little local tour to actual tour companies. One of them wanted to charge $5,000. I said, holy cow, for that I want to meet the Pope. But, um, you know, it was, it was so much fun because I had all of this input from all of these people, including people who said, we'd be happy to meet you somewhere and give you some local tips. You know, we were going with a a group, so it wouldn't have been scary to have have met people. But it really was very cool and interesting to, to reach out to people that way
3: absolutely and at the end of the day you know knowledge is power and mm-hmm. and we've got spending dollars as buyers or consumers and we want the most knowledge that we can get at our disposal so that we get the the most bang for our buck and mm-hmm. in social media you can interact with brands you can interact with your peers you can watch videos there's so many ways to to become educated and really get the most bang for your
1: buck mm-hmm
2: well and then of course we have the the opposite of that we have people using social media to complain about something and that's typically when i talk to a business person the 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 leading reason why they tell me they don't want to be on social media because what if somebody says something bad Well, you know what? They already are. So you need to be part of that conversation and fix it. You know, granted, there we've we've seen, you know, some spectacular failures in this, but there's also been some very good examples of how companies were able to say, you know, I'm really sorry that you didn't have a good experience at our hotel, at our restaurant, you know, whatever. Please come back and we'll make it right. And that, to me, is so important because not only did they make it right with that person, everybody that person was connected with saw that, too.
3: Right, and that's another great part of why social media is important. I mean, you've got the reputation management part that you're talking about, Deb, um, but then the fact that it's a very public setting. I mean, even as you're helping those future buyers, as we were talking about a moment ago, make these informed buying decisions, as you're answering their questions, guess what? You're doing that in a public way, so it's not just you and that individual talking, it's you and that individual individual talking, but all of your followers seeing that conversation and all of their followers seeing that conversation as well, so it's a great way to create brand awareness and, you know, to just really, um, uh, you know, talk about what you're mentioning with the reputation management, Um, you know, here's an interesting thing, yes, negative things will be said in social media, as you said, Deb, negative things are already being said today. Um a business that has a presence in social media more than likely your presence will become the clearinghouse uh... for a lot of that and so if i'm a business i'd rather have a place where i can mm-hmm. at least be aware that these negative things are being said so that i can deal with them uh... the appropriate way and don't we all want to turn our unhappy customers into happy customers right. anyways mm-hmm. i mean if we're really trying to build a great business then that's part of what we do it's called customer service mm-hmm. but here's another really important part about reputation management and just to overcome that fear that a lot of of individuals or companies seem to have about social media and their brand reputation is that guess what people like to say positive things too right and i'll give you a great example um, my wife and i bought a fixer upper about 2 years ago uh, almost 2 years ago and um, so we've had we, we got a great price on the house but we've had it's we've had to do a lot of work on the house Uh And so my wife uh, is a stay-at-home mom, and so she's dealing with the contractors primarily. And we had this uh, AC company come out that did a wonderful job. It was like the first AC company that's ever come out that didn't try to sell us a brand-new AC (laughs) unit. It seems like every other company is always trying to get you to buy $10,000 worth of stuff. But the, the gentleman came out and uh, he was actually the second company that came out. The first one did try to, um, get us to buy all new equipment. And he, he came out and he said, you know, the only problem that you have is that your filters are clogged because you've had all this construction going on. Let me show you how to clean out these filters. You can do it on your, your own next time. You won't even need to call me. And mm-hmm. he gave us a bill for like $75. Cool. And my wife was just ecstatic. She, mm-hmm. that this great company came out and treated us fairly. She could not wait, Deb, to get on Facebook and start <laughs> right. talking about oh, this I company. Bet you know and she was like anybody that needs air conditioning work in the Flower Mound area which is a community that we live in you got to call this company mm-hmm. now go back in time deb 5 years ago if that same scenario had occurred 5 years ago who would she have told Right. She probably would have just told me. That mm-hmm. was, I would have been the only one to hear about the good news, right? Mm-hmm. But now because of Facebook and social media, she can tell the world the good news. So don't be afraid. That's the, the key point I think we need to make to businesses. It's, we don't need to be afraid about reputation issues. Mm-hmm. We just need to know how to manage them.
2: Right. Well, and what's really important, you know, for those businesses is that they have that presence on social media so that they can be tagged in those posts because you want that good stuff going onto your page, going into your Twitter feed, all of those various things. And it's, you know, just like people like to complain, they do like to do positive too. And, you know, if you see one positive comment, then somebody else will post a positive comment, you know, and and then it just kind of spirals from there.
3: Right. You know, one of the things I love to do with positive comments, Deb, and this is just a tip for everybody listening, um, is to a- to respond and ask an open-ended question in mm-hmm. your response. So when we were traveling around the country doing these boot camps, I would get all kinds of, of tweets and things saying, oh, great job, we really loved your presentation. Mm-hmm. And so I would respond back and go, thank you so much. What was your favorite part? Right. And the whole idea was to get them to just continue to sing our praises because mm-hmm. we all know, That consumers trust what other people say about you more than they trust what you say about you. So if you can get your fans talking about you, that's a good thing.
2: Well, and you want to get it in a good way. You wouldn't want it to have said, was there something we could have done differently? Because then you're opening up, you know, the the complaint factor there. (laughs) Yeah, ask them for something good, you know, and, and, or, you know, all of those various things. And people love it when you ask their opinion, you know, and they're more than happy to give it. But, the funny thing is, a lot of times they feel like there has to be kind of that permission to give the, the opinion first.
3: Right, absolutely, and they, you know, they, we're all new at social media. Consumers are new at social media. Businesses are new at social media. So we're all trying to get our arms around it. And sometimes our customers need to be prodded along. And mm-hmm. to tie right into what you're saying, people like to be—they like to help, and it's okay for you to ask for their help mm-hmm. uh, and their feedback.
2: Right, you know, and it, there you will get some criticisms and some negative criticisms you know to me if it's a positive criticism where somebody is meaning to help then I'm fine with that if they're just wanting to be nasty well you know go away but you know it it is good to get that feedback Um, you know it's it's a very good way for businesses to improve it's the same thing as you know your little comment card that you see in restaurants and all of those things but of course on social media you've got a great many more people that are going to see that.
3: Right, absolutely. And, you know, the big thing I think with negative um, feedback is you want to respond immediately and you always want to thank them for the response. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's, you know, I was at your restaurant last night and the waiter was rude to me um, and the waiter happened to be you because it's your restaurant, um, <laughs> you still need to go back and say thank you so much for letting mm-hmm. us um uh, know or bringing this to our mm-hmm. attention the other thing you want to do deb is you want to take that conversation um when it's negative and you want to try to move it
2: right um, move off it of offline the, mm-hmm.
3: right and so invite them back to your restaurant or give them your phone number or your email address and then you need to make it right if your mm-hmm. if your waiter was rude you need to buy them a free meal if you know you need to make whatever their complaint is right um, and then if it's a positive comment then you want to do like I described earlier try to extend that conversation so that those positive things will happen mm-hmm. more and more
2: right you know and, and you can even offer them something else you know hey thanks for your great comment with well, the next time you come in we'll give you a free dessert then that's going to encourage other people to comment too you know and and that's you don't right. want to give away the farm but you know a free dessert here and there free appetizer things like that it would definitely be worth it in the long run.
3: Yeah, we call those random acts of kindness here mm-hmm. at Splash. And so periodically, we like to uh just go out in our social channels and just give things away, whether mm-hmm. it's a copy of our book or uh, a great resource that we've developed that we use with our clients. And that way, you're, you're just giving something, give, you know, kind of educating your community that, hey, by being a part of our community and engaging with us, good things will happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Great. You, know, you just mentioned your book, so let's talk about that. It's called Social Rules for Entrepreneurs and Small Businesses, A Common Sense Guide to Social Media Marketing. So tell us a little bit about it and why we need to be reading it
3: well i I did write the book, and especially for the small and medium sized business or really um owner operators of small folks you know a small business uh small business is not the enterprise or the big brands that are out there because what I wanted to do is empower um those companies that had maybe um a family member that's working with them or um, somebody that's not going to be doing social media as a full-time job, but they Mm -hmm. want to take advantage of social media for their business, just give them the common sense that they need um, to really understand what social media marketing is. What I heard as we were just moving around the country doing these boot camps, Deb, was that people had a hard time just understanding how do I connect these things together Mm achieve a common purpose you know how does twitter and linkedin and my blog and youtube how do these things work together and so that was my number one goal is i want that they, you can get them to work together and to work in concert to achieve a common goal for your business and if you just understand how they work and how consumers work within those environments and build a good strategy for your business then um, then you can be really successful without having to spend a lot of time energy or effort uh, on your social media marketing activities and literally give it to somebody uh, there in your office or at your workplace that um, is maybe doing something else as their primary responsibility, but then can um, move your social media marketing activities along. So it was a lot of fun. I've always wanted to write a book, Deb, so I was excited about uh, <laughs> about doing it. It's an interesting process uh, for sure, and I look forward to writing uh, more books in the future.
2: Well, you know, I'm sure in the book one of the things you talk about are the key ingredients for developing a winning strategy. What would some of those key ingredients be?
3: Well, you know, the number one thing that uh, a business needs to consider when they're going into social media marketing, and and I loved your blog post that you've got up on your website right now, Deb, because it's it's begin with the end in mind. You know, mm-hmm. you've really got to understand where are you trying to go as a business because mm-hmm. social media marketing ultimately should be a, a part of, a cog in that process to get mm-hmm. you to where you're gonna, going to go. You don't jump into social media um, just because you hear that's where you need to be. You've got to begin with the end in mind and really develop A strategy uh, that's going to help you be successful because what that's going to do is it's going to make you think about, you know, if my business, if I'm trying to grow my business by 25% 25% over the next year, now I've got to start thinking about, well, how is Twitter going to help me do that, and how is Facebook going to help me do that, and how is a blog going to help me do mm-hmm. that? Um, it's also going to make you think through, you know, who are my customers? You know, one thing I like to, to say to um, companies that are thinking about building a strategy is the first thing you need to do is, you know, imagine that you got in a time machine and you fast-forwarded two years in the future, and you got out of the time machine, and you look back on your business. And everything happened exactly the way that you hoped that it would. Mm-hmm. What would your business look like? What products and services would you be selling? Uh, what customers would you be selling those products and services to? Um, and and that's really kind of a the beginning of the process. Uh and then the next thing you need to do, Deb, and this is where people sometimes um, you know, I think people get I have to have a strategy. I I know I know that I have to know where I'm trying to go if I'm ever gonna get there. Mm-hmm. But then once you understand who you're customers are and what your products or services are that you're going to try to fulfill, um, uh, the next thing you need to do is think about what we call key phrase research. You know, what are those words and phrases that my future buyers, these right. customers that I want to sell to, what are those words that they're going to use when they talk in social media? Like when you went to uh, Italy and you were out there asking about mm-hmm. um, best tours to go to uh, the Vatican, um, what are those words, that, if you were to go to Google these buyers and mm-hmm. do research, what would those words be that they type in uh to Google. That's called key phrase research. So once you've kind of figured out where you're trying to go, now you need to figure out what those words and phrases are uh, that your target audience is using. And then the next thing you need to do is build a content strategy. And mm-hmm. a lot of people get, Deb, that you have to have content to be successful in social media. Uh, we even say it's the fuel that makes social media go. But a lot of businesses struggle with, well, what am I going to talk about? You know, Mm -hmm. I'm not a very interesting business. There's only so many things that I can really say. Mm -hmm. Well, to be honest with you, if you do the key phrase research second and really understand what are my customers really looking for, what questions are they trying to get answered, then your content strategy really just becomes a way to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. So it becomes very simple at that point. Uh, And then once you've got your content plan in place, you've got your keywords in place, now you're ready to start engaging. Mm So mm-hmm. now I'm ready to go set up my Facebook environment. I'm ready to go set up a group on LinkedIn, uh, start blogging. Um, and now my engagement is just the place where I publish and produce content related to my overall strategy. Right Ninety percent of the businesses that fail today, they fail because they jump into engagement first
0: mm-hmm. without
3: any thought about you know, just like in your blog post you know, what are you trying to accomplish in social media? You the gentleman, and he's like, I don't really know. Well,
0: <laughs> I was
2: told gonna- I had to do it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's right. That's right. So those are really the key ingredients. Start with where you're trying to go. Tie those mm-hmm. things to your, um, the platforms that you think your customers are going to be connected to. Figure out the words and phrases that they're going to use when they ask questions in social media. Build a content plan that answers those questions, and then start engaging, and you'll have a lot of success.
2: Right. You know, one of the key things that you just mentioned is to tie it to where they're going to be. You know, just because Facebook has, you know, a billion active users, if your potential customers aren't there, Don't waste your time there. And I think that's where people are getting caught up because they go and they start a Facebook page and then really nothing happens. So they think, well, this was a waste of time. You know, depending on their demographics of who they're trying to reach, Twitter might have been a better resource or LinkedIn, you know, or, you know, maybe some of the the platforms that are very uh, industry specific that aren't in the mainstream. So it does take doing that little bit of research or a lot of research to figure out where is a good place to be spending your time
3: yeah absolutely. You know one of the things that we uh, say here at Splash all the time is, you know, think about social media sites as ponds that you fish in.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: you fish in those sites because your customers are there, um, and it's a great place to be in community with and with them and connect with them. and mm-hmm. so if i'm if I'm fishing for bass, I'm probably not going to go to the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Which would be a Facebook, right? right? Maybe I need to go to a pond where a lot mm-hmm. of bass hang out. Um, and so absolutely, once you figure out your customer base, then go find the ponds where they like mm-hmm. to congregate, and that's where you need to fish.
2: Right. And it's, it's you know, just like when you do strategic advertising. You know, you're not going to put a, a television ad for, you know, say a product for, uh you know, beer drinking you're not going to put that hopefully during cartoons for children because the right people aren't watching at that point in time you know so you have to be where your audience is otherwise it really is a waste of time
3: yeah and you know social media marketing done right is time consuming mm-hmm. done wrong is really time consuming so you've got to make sure that you're managing your time effectively and that's a right. big one
2: well and done wrong you can damage your reputation. You know, just think if you were the beer uh, ad trying to advertise during cartoons. You know, that really could could have some pretty good backlash.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That would uh, that could be uh, very negative. And so you want to know what those fundamental things are that you need to do in social media every day. And if you can get those fundamental basics, and not to plug my book again, but that's uh, the whole book is about. What are the five things you need to do in social media every day to make sure that you're setting your business up for success and Mm -hmm. um, that you're not going to do something that's going to cause you to stub your toe?
2: Right. Now, of course, one of the things when you are there, you know, so you figured out where you're supposed to be, or maybe you're still thinking, oh, is this right? You need to measure it. So talk to us about how you measure whether what you're doing is effective or not.
3: You know, that's um, a great question, and one, Deb, you probably hear it as much as I do, and that's, you know, what is the ROI of social media?
1: Mm -hmm. And how
3: do I know that I'm getting a return on on investment, Mm -hmm. or should I even – should I even worry about measuring those things? Mm-hmm. You know, I've even heard people say that, you know, measuring ROI in social media is the same as trying to measure the return on investment of your telephone or your your administrator. <laughs> you know, it's mm-hmm. hard to put a value on them. Mm-hmm. And I disagree with that. I think that when you put the word marketing at the end of social media, mm-hmm. you know, social media marketing, um, you are implying that something valuable is going to happen on the other end of your uh, endeavor or your activities mm-hmm. and, and right. something that would cause your business to grow. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think you need to be afraid of the ROI question. You just need to understand that social media is different than traditional advertising. You know, traditional advertising is like renting a motel room for the night. Mm-hmm. You know, the good news is that if I need a motel room or I need a place to stay, I can pay a hundred bucks and, and have a place to sleep. Um, the bad news is, is that if I don't pay them the next day, they're going to kick me out the door. Well, Social media marketing is like building a house. You know, It takes a little bit longer to do, obviously, but the good news is that you own that house. Nobody's going to kick you out of the house once you've mm-hmm. built the house, and you're going to build a community. It's just going to take a while, and that's a big part of the measuring component and the return on investment component because what I see happen today is a lot of businesses give up on social media too early because they, mm-hmm. they're expecting returns as fast as their traditional advertising. You know when we did those boot camps, uh Deb, that you actually came and attended in Denver, I mean we would spend twenty thousand dollars on uh newspaper advertising mm-hmm. uh in a market to get people to come to those events uh and that was't a very effective tool because we needed you know we were going to be there in a week and we wanted people to know about it and that was a a good way to accomplish that goal. But if we didn't continue to pay uh the Denver newspaper uh all those thousands of dollars, they'd quit talking about us, wouldn't they mm-hmm. Right. And so social media gives us the ability to, to build an environment where we can continue to talk and nurture and build relationships with our customers. But there's stages that you're gonna go through. And so my encouragement to everybody is don't give up too early and realize that you're gonna go through a, a crawling stage, a walking stage, and a running stage. And they're both all are both. All three of those stages are so critical. Yeah. Are three right. but both. Uh <laughs> <laughs> uh the crawling stage, in that crawling stage, which is really typically the first three months of getting involved in social media, you should not be worrying about leads or sales or making your cash register ring at all. Those first three months are so critical in laying a foundation and establishing behaviors in your business. And so what you want to be doing primarily in those first 90 days is looking at um, uh, key performance indicators around goals like um, activity goals. You know, I wanted to blog once a week. So at the end of first the first 90 days, uh, look back and see if you did 10 to 12 blogs. If you did, that's a good thing. You're laying a good foundation. Um, Getting your environments up, activating your environments the right way, those are things that you want to look at during that crawling stage. Um, In the walking stage, which is really kind of the next 90 days, and every business is different. I'm giving you some generalities here on the time frame. Um, But the next 90 days, really now what I want to start looking at is, things like traffic. Am I getting more traffic to my website? Are people walking in to my store saying that they saw me in social media? I want to start seeing a little bit of that. And those are things that are very easy to manage. Um, you know, we take a, a blog centric approach to our social media marketing uh, strategies where we want to do social media and build community in these platforms, but then draw people by dropping links to blog posts, etc., to our website, to our blog, and we can measure that interactivity. And so that second 90 days is really all about: Are we getting um, some consumer behavior happening the way that we want it to happen? And included in that would be community growth. So, you know, is my LinkedIn group growing and and membership? Is my Facebook presence growing? Uh, am I getting more Twitter followers? And then we move into the running stage, which is you know months six and beyond, or seven, seven months, month seven and beyond, depending on your business and that 's when you want to start looking at am I getting conversions um, so you know am, am I getting people to sign up for my webinar? Am I getting people to come to my website and request um, you know an ebook or pick up the phone and call or walk into my restaurant and and give me a coupon that they downloaded off of Facebook but really that 's month seven and beyond and so if you start using You know the running measuring stick while you're in the crawling stage, you're going to get frustrated really fast Mm -hmm. at not getting the results. But have patience um, because you've got to build your community before you can activate your community before you can monetize your community.
2: Great. Well, we are at the bottom of the hour, so we're going to go ahead and take our break. But when we come back, let's talk about B2B and B2C and does it even still matter anymore when we're using social media?
1: Sounds great. Thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant
0: You're listening to Mile High Radio Milehighradio.com On the World Wide Web For your listening pleasure Parenting is a rewarding experience that comes with challenges. Every parent experiences moments when they are overwhelmed or frustrated. Families First offers Circle of Parents support groups where Colorado parents can learn from each other in a safe, non-judgmental environment. Parent-led and professionally facilitated, each support group connects parents and caregivers to share advice and strengthen families. To learn more, call 1-800-CHILDREN or visit www.familiesfirstcolorado.org. As a small business owner, there's one word that you absolutely dread. Payroll. For small businesses, it's a big burden. You may think you're saving time and money doing it yourself. But come on, are you? Timesheets, processing checks, calculating taxes, a total waste of your time. Paychecks simplifies payroll processing, saving you time and money. Submit your payroll online, fax it in, or call your dedicated Paychex payroll specialist. And you're done. Learn more at trypaychecks.com. Come on, do the math. The IRS dishes out 8 million penalties a year. Make one mistake and you're on the hook. On average, you're losing nearly one business day every month doing payroll. That's time and money you'll never get back, unless you get paychecks. More than half a million small businesses already do. Call 877-278-5679. Trade payroll pressure for peace of mind. Call now. eight seven seven two seven eight fifty six seventy nine. That's eight seven seven two seven eight fifty six seventy nine.
1: Thank you for being a friend. Travel.
2: And we are back. Thank you for being my friend. If you're not connected with me, why the heck not? It's pretty easy to find all my information. Just go to debkrier.com, d e b k r i e r.com, and you'll see all of my links there. I am delighted that my guest today is Paul Slack from Splash Media. And before we go any further, Paul, tell people how to connect with you and how to find you online.
3: You know, probably the easiest way to find me online would just be to go to splashmedia.com or SplashMediaU.com, Um, but I'm on Twitter. Uh, that's a, I do a lot of communicating on Twitter. Feel free to connect with me there at just Paul Slack. Uh but all my uh, contact information is can be found on our websites.
2: Great. Perfect. Perfect. Well, before the break, I mentioned that I wanted to talk about the fact that, you know, we've as as typical and and traditional marketers, we've always done B2B or B to C, and now maybe that's changing because of social media. So talk to us about that.
3: Well, you know, that's a great uh, segue because there is so much strategy and thought about, you know, B2B and how does B2B interact in social media or if I'm B2C, maybe I shouldn't be on LinkedIn and, you know, how how do I really uh, leverage my business in these different channels based on the type of business that I uh, have. And Mm -hmm. I would tell you that in the world of social media today, um, B2B or B2C is really dead. Um, and we don't need to think about it uh, that way because what social media has really done is given us the ability to create what I call virtual personal relationships uh, mm-hmm. that feel like real relationships. And so it's not a business doing business on social media. It's people that work for those businesses interacting with the general public through social media. And, you know, um, we've all heard the adage, people do business with people. And mm-hmm. so you know b two b companies go to networking events, and b two c companies go to networking events. Why do they do that? Well, they go to those networking events because they want to make personal relationships with um, people that are either going to potentially be their customers or influencers that are going to ultimately connect them to people that can be their customers. The same is one hundred percent absolutely true in social media. And so, You know, that's different than traditional advertising because if I'm going to run an ad in the newspaper, it's all about branding, right? It's all about um, a key message. But in the world of social media, it's about relationships. Mm -hmm. And we can create virtual personal relationships that feel just like real relationships uh, to the consumer. And if we have the right attitude, then we're able to go out there and really engage with people doing business with people. I'll give you a great example. One of our clients is a uh sells and maintains aircraft engines, um, and they have a Facebook presence uh, as well as a presence in other social media uh, channels, but I wanted to pick uh, Facebook because uh, you would think a company that sells aircraft engines and maintains aircraft engines <laughs> probably would not want to be on Facebook, right? Right. Uh, not that's a about lot of B2B. potential
2: market there.
3: Right. Well, did you know that before getting involved in social media, they were a company based in the United States doing business with customers in the United States. Mm -hmm. Today, because of this people doing business with people philosophy and building virtual personal relationships um, through social media, they have actually sold, well, first of all, they're a global company now. So they're doing business Mm -hmm. with um, companies all over the world Mm -hmm. and they have literally sold their products, aircraft engines, to people in other countries, and they've never spoken on the phone with those individuals. And all that engagement has happened through social media, emails back and forth, but it all started through social media. And it it didn't happen because the business was on Facebook. It happened because the people that work for that business were representing that business on Facebook and creating these virtual personal relationships. Does that make sense?
2: It does. And to me, that is what is so key to all of this we see too many people who are on social media as the business. And I'm putting that in quotes, you know, and, and so they're losing that personal touch with people, you know, it's now there are certainly big businesses that do that you know coke starbucks you know all of those things but when they still put in that little personal touch and maybe it's a post that, that you know was written by a barista or you know something like that that's where we connect with those people and to me that's when a business really is successful on social media is when they've brought that personal impact back in there
3: right i mean the very first word of social media is social Mm -hmm. Right, And so social uh, imparts humans connecting with one another. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think it's silly. And I get the big brands like you just said, Deb. I mean, there's challenges when you're a big brand for sure. But if you're a small and medium-sized business, there's no reason why you can't become the uh, person of your that's representing your social media, or that mm-hmm. person that works for right. you that's doing it, they need to have. You need to let them let their hair down and be real, because you want to create social connections. Just like a sales rep, you know, when a sales rep goes out and calls on a on a prospect in in the real world, the physical world, he doesn't give them a business card that just has the company's name right. on it. Mm-hmm. He gives them a business card that says, "Here's here's who I am. Here's my phone number. Here's how to get a hold of me." And so. Mm-hmm. Really, we're just using social media as a way to connect people to one another, Um, you know, just like you would uh, your telephone or any other way. So when you you got to get out of this, well, we're a B2B and we got to operate this way, or we're B2C and we got to operate that way. No, you're a person, or there's people that work for you, and those people need to build relationships with those future buyers that I was Mm -hmm. talking about earlier, Um, and that's how you build rapport, and that's ultimately how you get your cash register to ring.
2: Right. And I think one of the other keys is that people need to remember it's not just about their business. You know, a business can be posting about their community involvement. They can be talking about their employee of the month, you know, all of those various things. Because if it is just sell, 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 then we, you know, immediately go away from the page. That's, you know, we don't we don't want to be sold on social media.
3: Right, you know, we have this uh, definition of social media, and Deb, I'm sure you probably heard us uh, uh, say this one when you came to our boot camp, but it's, you know, our definition is turning strangers into friends. That's the first Mm -hmm. thing, right? We're going to use social media as a way to connect with people that don't know that we exist today, but Mm -hmm. have an interest in what we do. So that's turning strangers into friends. But once we have them as friends, they're connected to us. Uh, the next thing we want to do is turn those friends into customers, and we don't do that by being a pushy used car salesman, mm-hmm. but we do that by leading with value, helping them improve their life in some way, and then evo- eventually we're going to be able to take those friends that we've turned into customers and turn those customers into evangelists. Mm-hmm. And if you'll fo- follow those three critical steps, then you're, you know, you're going to be setting yourself up for having good, you know, virtual personal relationships with people all over the world.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, and you know it's. It's so critical to be able to do that, especially for some businesses that might be challenged with say their product. I was uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I had an online discussion over the weekend with someone who had been contacted by a funeral home, and they said, "Gee, we think we should be on Facebook and the person said, Ugh, I don't know about that and so we kind of all went back and forth, and I gave an example of um, a company here that I know about that is you know they, they have uh, they are a, they provide funeral services. So they do post online about their services but they also talk about you know they're part of a business association so here's when that business association meets you know so it's not hm here's our sale of the day on this casket it's you know we're we're a very proud member of our community
3: Right, and going back to strategy, I love that example, Deb, because you might the you know I'm sure a lot of people in the audience are going, really a, a you know a casket company or a funeral mm-hmm. home doing <laughs> social media, why would they ever do that? Right. Well, if you take this future buyer attitude and understand that my future buyer is struggling with making a good informed purchase decision. What mm-hmm. do I know that's what we call social media currency. Mm-hmm. What do I know that can help that person right. out? Very, very early on. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in my forties right now and my parents are in their, you know, late sixties, early Mm seventies. And there's, there are questions that I have about properly taking care of the rest of their life and Mm -hmm. properly taking care of the rest of my life. And I would seek that information out. And there's no reason why, um, a casket company or funeral home couldn't be out there sharing that their knowledgeable insights to help these potential customers Mm -hmm. make good informed purchase decisions.
2: Right. And, and of course the key is that they've made those in advance, you know, so you have that relationship because, you know, hopefully it's not a service that you need for many, many, many years, but it is something where when you do need it, you think, hey, you know, I I know these people and I know that they will take good care of us.
3: Right. Exactly right.
2: You know, and, and I don't care if it's, you know, funeral services or, you know, I just saw somebody posting online about great limo services. You know, it's it's time for prom. You want to make sure that your children are going to be protected when they're in, you know, taken care of when they're in those cars. So it it is something that businesses really need to think about. Maybe it is just about getting the best sandwich for lunch. You know, it, it's almost lunchtime. That's something that we all care about. But it is a really good way for people to reach out to people
3: yeah absolutely and giving them that information that 's very early cycle, like you were just talking about deb that's that 's hitting that awareness content. you know mm-hmm. uh, businesses need to be putting out information through social channels and their blog um, that would be useful and helpful to their target audience before they're in market. And so you mm-hmm. gave a great example of maybe a blog on tips on making sure that your kids are safe for the prom. You know, mm-hmm. that would be, uh, uh, or here's 10 things that you need to think about before you move your parents into a nursing home. I mm-hmm. mean, information like that that has nothing to do with selling caskets, but mm-hmm. it has everything to do about giving information that's useful to your target audience so that right. you can build that rapport with them.
2: Mm-hmm. So now as people are working on this, how do they develop remarkable content? That content that people will interact with, engage with, share with their friends. How do you, you know, how do they even think about starting with all of that?
3: Well, you know, a a couple of things to to think about there. One is that when you're, you know, you've got to start with a good key phrase analysis. We talked about that earlier and understanding those words and phrases that uh, my customers are going to be using when they're evaluating services like mine. Um, That's one type of content that a business needs to be, creating, and that's what I call evaluation content, so information that helps that buyer make an informed purchase decision. But mm-hmm. then you also need to build awareness content, just like we were talking about, the ideas around you know, providing useful information uh, for my target audience before they're in market so that they can find it. They're doing a search on prom, or they're doing a search on moving mom and dad into a uh, a retirement community, and oh, here's a great, helpful blog. So you need to have some awareness content. You also need to have um, decision content, and decision content is, you know, why should that person buy from you and nobody else? Now, the challenge that I've seen with businesses, Deb, is that they tend to focus all of their content, or a huge portion of their content in that purchase or decision where they're doing a lot of chess beating. I'm great. Mm-hmm. I'm great. You need right. to buy from me because I'm great. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, if you think of like the typical marketing funnel um, and you take those three different stages and put awareness at the very top and then you've got evaluation in the middle and you've got decision at the bottom of the funnel – the biggest part of your funnel is in that awareness, and so I feel like um, a business that 's really trying to do social media marketing the right way should have thirty to forty percent of the content that they produce up in that awareness phase
1: mm-hmm. That
3: would be their their Facebook posts, their tweets, their blog posts should all be in in that awareness phase, and then in evaluation, maybe twenty to thirty percent, maybe as much as forty percent, but then keep the purchase content uh, down to that ten to twenty percent range and, and decision content can be testimonials. Maybe you interview one of your customers and they're talking about how great you are, um, but keep that content um, small. Just like mm-hmm. the marketing funnel, that should be the smallest amount of content that you produce. Um, and then you should focus your content on, you know, how your business helps people. So, you know, it's not just writing uh, your speeds and feeds, but rather write content that says, here's how what I do helps people or here's how this knowledge that I'm imparting to you is going to make your life better. Mm-hmm. Um, be very willing um, to share your subject matter expertise. You know, there's so many businesses out there, Deb, that want to keep their trade secrets close to their vest, right? And right. that's so silly. You know, a perfect example are, are the boot camps that we did. You know, we, we, we went to 17 cities and, and had 25,000 people come to our boot camps and we, you know, we told our, our, gave away our secret sauce and that's okay because we're out there trying to help people make these decisions mm-hmm. and if you do that and you you're free you freely give away your information then the ones that really need your help are going to come to you um, it's right. not about trying to trick somebody mm-hmm. into buying from you it's give away what you have and the ones that really need mm-hmm. your help are going to come right uh and that's a really uh key component of it
2: mhm well, and I think one of the other things, and, and it's, you know, I'm, I'm of course sitting here looking at Facebook as we're doing this, is to thank people afterwards. Uh, there's a, a great post right now that I'm looking at from Families First, which is a non-profit organization that I was involved with back in Denver, and it's so cool, they're now advertising on my program, but they had their big gala over the weekend, and so now they're using their their uh, Facebook page to thank their volunteers. So you can thank your volunteers. You can thank customers. You know that's a pretty cool thing. If you had a customer that you really wanted to, you know, have stand out, thank them publicly. Now you can't tag them, obviously, but you know if they follow you, they're going to see that, and then they might share it. So again, that just kind of what goes around comes around. But I think it is very important to thank people, whether you're thanking your vendors, you know, thanking your customers, all of those various things. That just is kind of that final step in that process of being the good citizen you know we all like it when the you know we're in a restaurant or we're walking out of a store, and they say, Hey, thanks for coming in. We notice when they yeah, don't absolutely. say it, you know,
3: and that that's a really key thing, Deb too, because um there's really two types of of posting that I think a business should do in social media, one is what I'd call um opportunistic posts like you're talking about where mm-hmm hey, somebody's saying something nice or I want to recognize them because this this thing happened that I wasn't aware was going to happen. That would be kind of an opportunistic situation. Mm -hmm. But businesses also need to have scheduled posts. And so we recommend that businesses, you know, every quarter they build a content plan for the following quarter. Mm-hmm. And that way you can look at your calendar and go, okay, what trade shows am I going to be at? Is Mother's Day is coming up. Is there something we want to be talking about related to Mother's mm-hmm. Day? Right. And it just gives you a chance to be very insightful. So it's not, oh, my gosh, I haven't posted anything on Facebook today. I'm going to pull something out of the air and just throw it out there. Mm-hmm. It it's, ties all the way back to your strategy um, that's going to help you accomplish your goals. And so, mm-hmm. you know, if you've got your blog posts and you know how you're going to promote those blog posts and social and you know that you're going to be at this trade show and so you want to be talking about that uh, on Twitter or whatever and then you have these opportunistic things where, you know, somebody comes on your Facebook page and says, you guys did a great job and so you want to mm-hmm. be able to jump on those as well.
2: Right. You know, and it is something that is complicated and confusing for people, and you guys have a program at Splash Media called Splash Media U. Tell us a little bit about that because that's very interesting.
3: Well, you know, Splash Media U has been uh, my passion for the last uh year and a half um, mm-hmm. we decided uh to uh take our, our learnings and the research that we've done at Splash Media and build uh a comprehensive program so that we could train uh folks that wanted to get into the social media marketing uh, workforce and so mm-hmm. uh, you know there's about 600,000 marketing uh, and PR professionals in the United States and not all of them have the same social media skills that you have Deb or that I have but they want to be able to right. leverage mm-hmm. social media for their businesses and so we wanted to do it in a big way and so the first thing we did is we um, created over 500 individual lessons over six courses um and, and created this master's certification program, but then we went and, and went through the accreditation process because we, we knew that if we're going to be a school, we had to give folks um, that credential so that they knew that this wasn't just a fly-by-night thing, that this was something that was um, had been fully vetted. And so uh, we're in the Dallas area, and so we went and looked at who is who accredits schools here in this area and, you mm-hmm. know, Southern uh, Methodist Universities here, and uh, they're accredited by an organization called SACS, the Southern Association of Colleges and Schools. And so we mm-hmm. went through their accreditation process, grueling process, but, man, did we learn a lot about providing great student engagement and just making sure that there's continuous improvement and students really do learn what we're teaching. Um, And so that's been very exciting. The program is 100% online, uh, but unlike other online uh, Internet marketing or social media marketing courses, there's a lot of hand-holding and coaching that goes through it. So Mm -hmm. um, all the courses, for example, Deb, have uh, dedicated instructor coaches. And so as you begin working your way through Facebook, uh, there's somebody that's grading your homework and giving you feedback on your homework, and it's the same person that you can reach out to and ask questions. And so mm-hmm. it's one person that's just dedicated to guiding you through that. And when you get through Facebook and you go to Twitter or whatever, you've got another instructor coach that will help you uh, along the way. And so i mm-hmm. um, very excited about the program. Um, you can learn more at SplashMediaU.com. We do have some grants available right now, and so if anybody's right. interested, they can call the phone number there and and talk to one of our program advisors.
2: Mm-hmm. Perfect, perfect. Well, you know, let's let's talk a little bit more about you know somebody who has kind of jumped in. They're not quite sure what's going on. One of the things you talk about is the tactical wheel. What is a tactical wheel?
3: Well, the tactical wheel is um, fundamental in doing social media marketing the right way, and I, I spend a lot of time in the book talking about the tactical wheel. And in fact, at Splash Media, U, Every one of our courses is built upon the tactical wheel as our uh, learning methodology. And so um, what we've discovered is, you know, social media is changing all the time, Deb. You know that as well as I do, mm-hmm. that, you know, we, we don't know if Facebook's going to be Facebook three years from now, if it's right. going to be MySpace again. Mm-hmm. It's going to be, you know, BookFace. You know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. Mm-hmm. And so you've got to come up with a plan uh, or a strategy or a methodology that transcends the websites that mm-hmm. are so fundamental that, really sites can come and go as they please and as long as you do these things that you're going to be setting your business up for success Mm -hmm. and so we went Through great lengths and lots of research to figure out what those five universal things are, and so uh, I'll walk you through them real quick. I don't think we have time for me to give a great uh, explanation of each one, Uh, but again, you can you can learn more in the book or certainly at Splash Media U. But uh, the first one is listening. So what are you know these are the fundamental things you need to do in social media every day, regardless of platform. Mm -hmm. One is listen. That's just listen to the conversation. You know it is an open platform, and if you know the key phrases, you can find your customers and influencers. By listening. Uh, So that's the first step. The next step uh, is building community. So now that I've found my customers by effectively listening uh, to them, uh, I now need to reach out to them and follow some methodology and best practices to get them to friend, follow, and like my business. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's building community. The next step is broadcasting. So, you know, once I've listened and I've got a community now, now I need to talk to them. And that's what broadcasting is about. And we've talked a little bit about that today, you know. What are the appropriate ways that I talk to my audience, and what's the information that I need to give them? I need to lead Mm -hmm. with value and not sound like a pushy used car salesman. So what are those uh, techniques there? And then broadcasting leads to the next step, which is content. So a big part of broadcasting is to promote this remarkable content that we create that gives and empowers our target audience to make these informed purchase decisions But how are they ever going to find out about that content? So I've got to create it. I've got to have it in my blog, let's say. But then I've got to promote it in social media. And I I broadcast a link to my blog as a tweet or I go into my LinkedIn group and I start a discussion with a link to my blog so that people know that it exists and they can come read it. And then that's the fourth step. Well, the final step is converting or conversion. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, ultimately we don't want to come across as a pushy used car salesman in social media um, at all, but we don't, we have to be intentional in making sure that we make it very easy for a buyer at any moment in time to raise their hand and say, I'd like to learn more. And so right. making sure your phone numbers are in the right place and all of that uh, is really where conversion comes into mm-hmm. play. And so if you'll do those five things every day and focus on those, then you're going to set your business up for success and you're going to do it in a best practice way.
2: Right. You know, and, and I think the key is that you can't skip any of those steps. You know, it, it, Typically, what I see see people skipping is the listen step. You know, they just start broadcasting, and you know, maybe it's that they're not on the right platform, and they're broadcasting the wrong thing, or you know, all those various things. But you have to pay attention first before you ever jump in. And then the important thing is to continual you know continually be listening. What are people still looking for? You know, it may be that what worked last week isn't going to work this week.
3: That's absolutely right. And, um, you know, I love uh, Gary Vaynerchuk's book, um, Crush It, because he, he talks about some of the early days, all he did was listen on Twitter for people uh, talking about wine. And he would just jump into the conversation, you know, and that ultimately led to him growing his uh, dad's liquor store business to, you know, tens of millions of dollars in revenue.
2: Right. You know, and, and he was, he was very obvious when he was doing it. You know, I, we've seen kind of the, the lurkers and the skulkers who, you know, that they're affiliated with a business, but they're not saying that. You know, so you do have to be honest. You know, it comes back to building that relationship with people. The second somebody thinks they can't trust you, not only do they not trust you, they're going to tell other people not to trust you.
3: Right. Cause people do business with people. And as long as you've got, that trust and transparency, and they feel like you've got their best interest at heart, not your best interest at heart. Then you're doing the right things.
2: Right, you know, and and I think that it, out of everything we say, it has to come back to that. It's about building those relationships with people, you know. And whether you're a big business or a small business, put a human face to it. You know, if you've got multiple people posting on your page, that's great. You know, that it's it's fabulous that you're a business that's big enough that you've got more than one person posting. But they can put their name there, you know, so they can do the post and then they can say, you know, hey, this was Bob or, you know, Cindy or, you know, all of those various things. And to me, that just, again, that brings it back to being that little personal touch.
3: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, some of the big brands, they'll they'll list out all of the people on their, you know, like, for example, on Twitter, on their background mm-hmm. image, you'll have all the names of the people that are tweeting for them.
2: hmm yeah. You know, and, and, it's very important that those are real people. You know, I had a business one time that they, they didn't want a real person associated with their business because they had, you know, staff changes, all sorts of things like that. So they created a persona. It worked, sure. but they also, they, they did make it kind of clear that it was a persona. Um, so they didn't have a photo. They had an avatar and some things like that. So that was kind, actually kind of a cute, a cool little way to do it, but not what I would recommend to most people.
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and and maybe even if you um, have some kind of a mascot, you could you could build a persona around your mascot. But I would say if you're a big brand, you can pull that off. If you're a small business, that would be harder to do.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, Paul, we're just about ready to wrap up. Um, Do you have one less tip for people who, you know, they they've been trying but they're they're just not seeing success? What would you tell them that they need to do?
3: Well, I would say the very first thing that you need to do is just go back and look at your content strategy and make sure that you are creating content that meets the needs of your buyers that are answering questions for what they're looking for, and then you go and you effectively promote that content in social media by finding those buyers, by listening, and start building virtual personal relationships. And if you start thinking of it that way, is it's me doing business with this person or me helping this person out, then you're going to have mm-hmm. a lot more success uh, than just going through the motions.
2: Right. Perfect, perfect. Well, one last time, Paul, tell us how people can connect with you.
3: Well, Deb, thanks again for letting me uh, sit in on the show today. It was a great conversation. I enjoyed it very much. Um, you can learn uh, more about uh, Splash Media or Splash Media You by going to either one of our websites, splashmedia.com uh, or Splash you Uh, for Mm university.com and uh, you can find my contact information there. Thanks again for letting me be on your show.
2: Thank you and I'm sure that we'll have you back because you have such great content that I'm sure people are just looking for. So we will have you back on. Thanks, Deb. Great. Thank you and everybody enjoy the rest of your day and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you for being a friend. Down the road and back again. Your heart is true, you're a pal and a confidant.
0: You're listening to Mile High Radio. MileHighRadio.com on the world wide web for your listening pleasure. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.